Thank you very much. Dr. Kaitisi, I come back to you. And uh, I'd like to draw on the lessons of um, the success story of Rwanda. Uh, and in your view, can Africa leapfrog into economic development using technology? And what would be the lessons learned from your experience in Rwanda? Thank you very much. Yes, Africa can leapfrog uh, on, from ICT as a perspective. And I'll just give a few examples. But I, I want to put in the bedrock of that one key element. Any form of development will be sustainable and will allow leapfrogging if it's only citizen-centric, if it focuses on the prosperity and well-being of the people. And that's where I'm going to use my examples from. Uh, and it's part of what India and, and Rwanda have done together as well, or how we have partnered and learned from one another. And for example, the use of drones. We have used drones um, initially for blood and medicine provision for the people. For those who know Rwanda, it's commonly known as the land of a thousand hills. And that makes moving around the country a little bit harder if you're just going to use an ambulance on the road. But ICT can be adjusted for the well-being of the people. Through drones, we are able to deliver blood. We are able to deliver ARVs uh, on, on people with uh, HIV AIDS. We are able really to bring meaningful life to the people within a very uh, precise and short period. The same applies to, uh, to the agriculture sector. And I know India has been doing very well on that, where we are using precision farming. It is still on a very small scale, but we are able to know when to add, when to irrigate, through the use of drones as well. So um, that is key. And when we talk of the use of ICT as a service delivery uh, channel or vehicle, we are also talking about dealing with certain issues that affect us mostly on the continent. With the use of ICT, we are able to adjust on issues of corruption on issues of transparency, on issues of accountability, but also on issues of fast service delivery. So we've seen, um, of course, the investment in the ICT sector, partnering, uh, partnership in the investment of that area and making it easier. You know, uh, our farmers now can access markets through a platform of ICT without having a lot of middlemen. And, and that allows how much money goes into the pockets of farmers, and that motivates farmers to farm the more because what they put as inputs can be really seen as outcomes without losing that whole process of it. So yes, Africa can leapfrog by not taking exactly the same route that everyone took in the development journey, but by catching up where uh, development is going and of course, by embedding in its approaches and methods um, systems that allow efficiency, effectiveness, and of course, service delivery to the people. But uh, the Rwandan story really is built on intended and transformational leadership. So this and many other projects are only possible when all the partnership, all the acts are intended on the prosperity and transformation of the lives of the people and in an inclusive way, as I said earlier. What, are Rwanda, uh, what is Rwanda planning to do next? What are uh, the upcoming ambitions in light of the African Free Trade Agreements, uh, in light of the industrialization calls across the continent? Uh, 
Thank you very much for the question. And I think Rwanda is, uh, uh, is Africa in a particular place, I would say. And the African free trade area and the, um, uh, and the Agenda 2063 that he mentioned clarifies the ambitions that the continent has. And Rwanda has embedded those ambitions. Of course, you will add that we are also part of the globe, of the globe and uh, the SDG 26, uh, I mean 2030, is a very driving force for us. So very key elements. Climate change is real. And therefore, dealing with climate change and adjusting to climate change is an area that we all need to, we, that we all need to engage with. Uh, food production, you know, but also agroprocessing. Uh, I think it was earlier mentioned, food security is going to be a common issue for all of us. Uh, India and Africa have a beautiful, but also very slippery challenge. We are having a youthful generation. That gives us an advantage of the future. The advantage of being in charge of the labor, the markets of the future, but also the disadvantage if we mismanage that population, if we do not create the right jobs, if we don't, don't give the right skills to that youthful population that we share, uh, both India and, and Africa, then we are at a very uh, slippery level. So skills development is a very core element and preparing not only the Rwandans but also the Africans to be uh, able citizens of the world who will make contributions that will be really intentional in dealing with the challenges. But as you mentioned earlier, one of the biggest challenges, uh, Africa is, uh, is bringing commodities on the market and that makes it extremely expensive for us. I think there is uh, cheaper labor. We can build the skills that we need on the continent and do not just make it out of Africa, but also make it in Africa. Mm -hmm. And I think the core element is, can we make it Africa and take it out of Africa with added value? And there is areas of investment in that. So investment trade is going to be driving. And I think I will answer the, uh, the development first approach. And the development is going to cost all of us. If we, ha we are the biggest uh, free uh, trade area, if you combine uh, India and Rwanda, I mean, and Africa, and look at the population that we contribute, underdevelopment is going to cost us very highly as a world, as a globe. Therefore, uh, we can only invest in development first, because if we development first, if we do development first, we do development sustainably. Otherwise, there will be interventions that are just against poverty, and sometimes it's very hard to use poor approaches to fight poverty. You have to use developmental and prosperity approaches mm. to really deal with issues of poverty. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Thank you very much. Um, and I was just because when I was preparing for this session, I read that India had created an industry of personal protective equipment for COVID-19 just within a few months from the outbreak. Uh, really an impressive story, and it is an example of what the partnership can do in terms of manufacturing medical uh, equipment um, in, in the continent. Uh, I think I can open the floor for, um, for discussion, for questions, and if anyone has questions, please proceed to the mic. Uh, please keep your question under one minute, and um, we're happy to answer them. I will take three questions uh, once, and 
uh, allow me to start uh, with the young fellows, the Raisina young fellows, if they have any questions. Yes, sir, please go ahead. Good afternoon, my name is Diego Yosa from Peru. This question is for any of the, of the panelists. A lot have been said about how to improve intra African intra-trade and cooperation and trade between Africa and India. But except for Secretary Ravi, nothing has been said about working together multilaterally under the multilateral trading system and the World Trade Organization. So we have a, an upcoming ministerial, WTO ministerial conference and there are a lot of issues, pending issues under the Doha development agenda. My question is, what are the expectations and views from Africa and India with respect to this conference and what can they do both together to have a successful ministerial conference. Thank you. Um, uh, Ma'am, can, can you please go ahead? Yes. Thank you. My name is Uduaka Mimo, and my question um, goes to the uh, um, African ministers on the panel. Um, in your opening remarks, um, you talked about uh, the relationship, your individual country relationships with India and how India supports um, African countries. And so could you please elaborate on what your individual countries offer India? Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll take one more question. Please, go ahead. All right, my name is Peace Chikodnata Ezidili. Um, an anchor and a political correspondent reporting for Africa Independent Television, Nigeria. So my question is like, the Deputy Minister of Ghana did say, Africa must sit up. I find that very crucial, and that will be the will bring up my next question, which is, climate change remains a major issue in the sub-Saharan Africa, and for a stronger partnership with countries like India, a lot of people would want to find out what practicable modalities the African countries or the African government have put in place to ensure that it limits the possible barriers which are like the rising insecurity we have the Boko Haram in Nigeria and the banditry attacks in Nigeria for instance and in terms of trade relations wouldn't this hinder a prosperous trade relations with countries like India and the rest of the world? Alright, thank yeah. you very much. Um, so I, I will take more questions, but uh, let me first uh, get answers for these three. Um, now they were directed to the panel. If you, if anyone would like to answer, perhaps the first question about the ministerial conference and uh, uh, cooperation. Go ahead. Yeah, I can, uh, that's the WTO ministerial. I understood. I, I didn't quite hear very well. It was a WTO ministerial. Um, and what Africa can do to contribute uh, uh, to that. Um, well, first of all, the Secretary General of the WTO is a Nigerian, so um, we're definitely going to support uh, the process. But it's important, um, you know, globally, that the next round uh, of trade negotiations really gets going. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, challenges to the multilateral system uh, uh, in the last few years, uh, unfortunately, for many, many years. The, the global community has been making uh, a lot of progress uh, towards um, you know, um, pulling down trade barriers and um, having uh, liberalizing trade. Uh, but obviously we've seen some challenges in the last few years, uh, especially from some of the big uh, trading uh, uh, nations. And uh, the WTO uh, process has been almost paralyzed. So it's absolutely essential 
that uh, we get that going and the African countries are united, especially, I mean, setting an example with the continental free trade area, you know, a, a really practical demonstration of the political will uh, to prioritize and promote free trade. So now we want the global uh, trading system uh, to, uh, well, the member states to now develop the political will uh, to get things moving, and, uh, and Africa uh, is uh, very, very supportive of that process, and, uh, and we hope to, to kickstart uh, the process and to start moving back uh, towards uh, a more uh, liberalized uh, global uh, trading uh, uh, arrangement. Um, the second question was about what uh, the individual states represented here can offer India. Uh, so, Mr. Sarpan, would you like to answer uh, that? I, I, I want to look at the issue that uh, the last speaker raised with regards to climate change and uh, what India and Africa can do uh, in the light of the fact that uh, climate change, especially, well, climate change is all over there, it's affecting everybody. Uh, it's in Ghana, it's in Africa, it's in West Africa, and I'm sure climate change is also having its own effects in India. In West Africa, for example, as she mentioned, climate change is also contributing to problems that we are having in the Sahel regions. Mm -hmm. And these problems are bringing up peace and security issues. And the peace and security issues are threatening the whole of, uh, whole of West Africa. It's not only in the Boko Haram area that he's talking about. You, you go to Mali, uh, the coup d'etat that happened there, that challenged the democratic dispensation, is partly to do with climate change, youth unemployment and instability. Uh, Burkina Faso recently had uh, a coup d'etat over there. And part of the reasons, if you go into it, has something to do with um, um, insecurity, peace, and yes. And I think uh, between Africa and India, with the kind of good relationship that we have, it should be possible for the two to be able to strategize as to how best uh, India will face technological advancement in agric. And if climate change is affecting agriculture in these areas, and because when it affects, and it affects food production, and it affects unemployment, and it affects youth unemployment, and the, uh, the terrorists um, are able to use that to try and get hold of the young, uh, unemployed, and unstable youth uh, into their ranks, and then uh, twist their minds for them to follow their agenda mm -hmm. and create more uh, peace and insecurity. Mm -hmm. But I guess with the kind of relationship that we have in India, and India being a, a, a technological leading country in agreed we should be able to sit down and map our strategies to see how best we'll be able to combat or contain the issues of uh, climate change and its effects in our grid within uh, in our region. And I think it's, an, it's one area that uh, India needs to look at critically and be able for us to sit down and uh, have uh, a, a serious discussion and evolve some strategies to be able to, to, to contain it. Yes, it is indeed, um, as I mentioned, uh, high on the African agenda. Uh, Africa is hosting this year the COP27 as well, uh, addressing the, the climate change. Uh, Dr. Kaitisi, what are uh, our respective countries, what can they offer India? Well, um, what can they offer India? I think 
the, the initial question is, what is the environment of offering? And I, uh, one of the interrogations that we really are supposed to be doing is, why have we had limited offers? And I think uh, discussions in this dialogue have been really on the legal framework, the policies, and the systems that exist. And those systems, in a way, have disadvantaged uh, Africa in different ways, leave alone its own underdevelopment, because its own underdevelopment is the biggest disadvantage. But I think what Africa has to offer starts with the, with the, with the collective effort of Africa. Each country is small in its way, but when you bring together Africa, the 55 countries is a great market, is a great labor land that you mentioned, is a great opportunity that can feed this whole world in many ways. And while we have climate change, we are not the biggest producer of the, of the consequences of climate change. And therefore, the continent can facilitate in really being climate friendly. I know Rwanda, the past how many years, have banned plastic, uh, uh, plastic, uh, the use of, of plastic that is non-disposable. And that has contributed so much on our very fragile land. And therefore, really, I think what, Rwanda, I mean, what Africa has to offer to India is a collective understanding of the existential challenges that we all have moving forward and a collective understanding of the approaches and the methods that we need to adjust in moving together collectively. So uh, some of the things, the reason why we still offer commodities, the reason why we still bring cocoa and, 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 import, uh, and import chocolate at a very high rate, you know, all of those things need to be interrogated. And then I think we can find a partnership level that is a win-win, I think, as earlier said, and look at, uh, you know, yesterday I learned a very beautiful term of the, is it the coalition of the nervous? I think there are so many things that we are all collectively nervous about for the future that we need to look at. Pursuing peace, security, is a key element for the continent. You know, development cannot be secured without securing peace and security. The collective effort of pursuing peace and security within Africa itself, but within the partnerships that Africa has made is a core element that is key. So um, I probably will not say a commodity on what we have to offer, but I think we have almost similar existential challenges. And Africa has defined through Agenda 2063 who we want to be as a people. And I think it's the people-people relationship that you also mentioned. You know, the African um, document that we all share says we the people of Africa. And I think bringing back the discussion on we the people of Africa, on the things that our countries need to do together and our continents need to, to do together to give us that pride of we the people of Africa and then we the people of the United Nations because we are the people. I think all the discussions really should be centered on the existential challenges that we have as a people, as regions, as, uh, as, as partners, and then find what we need to offer to one another and how much we share. I know India would share very good technology in the areas of agro, uh, uh, agro-processing and agriculture, 
and Africa has that beautiful land that still needs to be exploited in a good way, uh, with a way that is going to be also climate friendly and, uh, and conscious of the future that we share. Thank you very much. Um, we have a few more minutes. If there are any additional questions, please. Uh, okay. I will take both questions, so please go ahead. Uh, right, uh, please go ahead, and then you, sir, and then I will take both questions here. Okay, thank you. Uh, I am, uh, my name is Mohammed. I'm from Egypt, and I'm with uh, Raisina Engfelus. So uh, my question to the distinguished speakers is, if we are speaking about trade between Africa and India, or Africa with the international partners, we have also to speak about trade between African countries, um, among African countries together. And this, uh, of course, will increase the quantity and the quality of the products. They also trade with the, uh, with the outer world. So um, we have heard for maybe, de maybe decades about the uh, connectivity roads, about the trans-highway uh, roads between African countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we in Egypt, we have built most of our part. So my, my question to the African speakers, what, uh, what, is, uh, what is hindering uh, the, uh, the road connectivity between uh, the African countries? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I, uh, please, sir, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, my name is Halilu. I'm from Ethiopia. Uh, my question is about leadership. Uh, the African Union, I mean, the transformation from the OAU to the AU and other major flagship African Union's projects like uh, NEPAD or APRM or other, you know, uh, they were led by, they received uh, ideological, political, sometimes oppression leadership for a couple of African leaders mm -hmm. uh, in their, at their peak times. Uh, my question for any of, actually, it can be uh, for any of the uh, members of the panel, do you think there is uh, a leadership and coordination between the leadership of the African leaders to address the issue of economic integration at the moment. To address uh, the issue of? To pursue, you know, with the, uh, the African agenda of economic and regional integration mm -hmm. and to respond to uh, global trends and developments uh, regards to trade uh, and uh, economic issues. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please, sir. Uh, my name is Manish Chan, uh, CEO of India Rights Network and Center for Global Insights India. Uh, my question is uh, to Secretary uh, Damu Ravi. So the last edition of the India-Africa Forum Summit was held in 2015. Are there any plans to hold it in the near future? And a link question is to Nigeria's foreign minister and to African speakers. What are your expectations uh, from the India-Africa Summit as and when it happens? in which direction we need to move forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. Peace. My name is, my name is Dominique. I'm from Ivory Coast. Um, living in Ghana uh, since four years now. The fact is to fly from Accra to Abidjan, I pay 400 euro. Mm -hmm. Same price to fly to Paris. So I would rather prefer to go and discover Paris or Germany rather than going to Ivory Coast. Another thing is to send money back to my family. I can't. Only EcoBank and UBA, you can bring money out of Ghana uh, no possibility. The list is quite long when it comes to transaction and free trade in Africa. I would like to hear from you the three key elements if we want to cut the elephant in small pieces 
where we really need to focus to do the basics right before enlarge the picture. Secondly, we expect a lot from the leaders, but I would like to hear what are the leaders expecting from us, young African? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, let us keep uh, our answers brief uh, on these questions, please. Um, who would like to take the first question? Yeah, the first question was on, um, you know, intra-African trade and um, emphasizing on um, you know, road connectivity and infrastructural connectivity, I think, which also to a certain extent uh, touches upon uh, the last uh, uh, question. Um, you know, it's true. I mean, that is, that, that is one of the real um, results and consequences in many ways of, um, of colonialism. You know, uh, because, um, you know, each colonial uh, grouping, whether it's the Francophone countries and you have the Anglophone countries, the Lusophone countries, Hispanophone countries, uh, and so forth. And um, the connectivity was from the continent to the metropole, to the, you know, to, to, to Europe. And uh, as was, you know, inferred, you know, once a few years back, um, you wanted to go from one African country to almost a neighboring African country, you had to travel to Europe sometimes and then come down uh, to that country. So the infrastructure was not harmonized uh, in, in any meaningful way. And there was, of, of course, there was no, um, you know, uh, a, a logic uh, to, uh, to, to the setup that you had. And um, so, you know, the African continental free trade area, why I say it, it really be a game changer is because it's going to force uh, our political leaders going to force Africans to, to now, you know, or make it easier, not necessarily force, because they'll, they'll, they'll pick up the challenge, uh, to reach out to other African countries. And so what will come as a result and as a consequences will be infrastructure, you know, with Trans-Saharan Highway and, um, you know, and uh, roads, uh, continental uh, highway uh, across, uh, across Africa, and uh, promoting connectivity and doing business. That will be the natural result of pulling down all the barriers um, that are really preventing uh, this uh, connectivity within the, 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 the continent. Thank you very much. Dr. Kaitisi, do we need an improved level of coordination amongst the African leaders? Yes, absolutely. We need uh, an improved coordination. And uh, I think I'll take it together with some of the flagships of, uh, of the Agenda 2063. There is coordination in, in leadership that allows us to pursue the common priorities that we have set uh, as a continent. Uh, for example, we just to respond to the transport issue, we had agreed in, for Agenda 2063 that there is going to be a high-speed train uh, system that connects all African capitals and African uh, commercial centers. Now, there is coordination, there should be leadership coordination in a way, and having a common voice also on the, on the continent, to know the common things that we share, to know the common challenges that we need to confront together, and to know how to move forward together. Given just that example, the pursuit of that common goal 
when we have easy connectivity, he will prefer coming to Kigali than going to Paris, you know. And the choice is easier that way because there is ease of connectivity. And I think the coordination, uh, looking at the, uh, the reforms that the African Union is undergoing today, coordination is greater than anything else because it creates a common voice, it creates a common direction, and it, it allows for monitoring and evaluation of the things that we do. So yes, in the absence of one collective coordinated way, efficient systems that monitor what we are doing, we can hardly achieve what we are committed to achieve. I consider the question on connectivity has already been answered in a way, and I'm afraid this, this is all the time that we have for this session, so let me bring it to a conclusion. Uh, please join me in thanking our panelists today. Thank you for tuning in to Policy Pod, the ORF podcast. Please subscribe to our channel for updates on upcoming episodes.